Hello, everyone. My name is Joshua Nather, and I am on a mission to understand how young people see the world. You are about to watch an interview between myself and someone else who is under 25 years old about their worldview, that is their identity, religion, and politics. As you watch this interview, please keep in mind that in 5, 10, 40 years from now, we are not going to be the same people as we are today. And if we are the same people as we are today, then we have done a bad job of listening and learning to the people around us. So without further ado, enjoy. Hello, everybody. This is Echo. I met her yesterday. She's a really cool person. It was lovely to talk to. Um, Echo, tell me a little bit about yourself, like two or three minutes. Mm, anything specific? I don't know, like where you grew up, you know, what you love doing. Okay, so my name is Echo Splain. I grew up in Florida, South Florida. Okay. Um, I was very much a third culture kid, which I kind of like. Um, my parents are um, amazing. And so um, much of my life is just based off of their, their influence. Um, general interests, love art, love um, anthropology and culture. Okay. 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 Anthropology is the study of humans, right? Yeah. It's also a study of culture. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 Specifically, like, I like food anthropology. I like studying um, and, like, art. So, okay. studying the influence of those on culture and vice versa. Okay. Cool. Um, did Is that something, like, you went to college for or you just, like, really like? No. Just really like it. Okay. Yeah. Did you, by chance, go to college or no? I didn't. Okay. Um, I was going to go to culinary school. Okay. Um, I didn't go to college either, just so, yeah, so okay, you know. So. Um, I was going to go to culinary school, and lockdown happened right after I graduated. Oh, okay. And yeah. there's no point learning how to make a quiche from mm. a YouTube video. So, like, yeah. that mm -hmm. kind of that fell through. Mm. I worked in kitchens, and then I got to the point in the, my culinary journey that I was advised by all of my chef mentors just not to go at all, just to stay in the kitchens because I had already learned as much as I would yep. in school. So, uh, Jumping into the first question, mm -hmm. what would you say are key points of your identity? So, key points of my identity. Um, identify as Christian. Identify, well, I'm, I am autistic and identify as queer. Okay. So, tell me... I didn't know about the autistic thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, jump scare. Well, no, I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, you don't, you, uh, you just don't, don't have like the it's telltale signs. You don't autism. have the, you don't have the yeah. telltale signs. Um, yeah. Very, like most people are very familiar with um, a very male rep representation of autism. There's oh, the way okay. stimula affects the brain is different between men and women. Okay. And yeah. so how it manifests can be very different. That's why I'm drawing with stuff because it keeps my hands busy. Okay. Gives me external stimuli so I can focus. Okay, cool. Um, but it's genetic in my family. Usually okay, yeah. it's passed down paternally for me. It's my mom's side of the family. Mm, Everyone's neurodivergent. Okay. Everyone in my family is. Yeah. Um, my sisters are dyslexic. One's dyslexic. One yeah, has apraxia. Yeah. So like there's just little weird brain things. Yeah. Um, but that's why I get really hyper-focused on specific things like latte art or yeah. coffee or okay. anthropology. It's just like whatever I'm focused on, I will usually go a hundred percent at. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I haven't done any kind of like testing like that. I know mm -hmm. I'm dyslexic, but yeah. that's um, no. It's, 
It's like I couldn't read until I was like 11. Yeah. Kind of thing. But uh, no, I don't know if I'm autistic or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Christian, autistic, queer. Mm-hmm. Tell me about uh, specifically like the the Christian and queer. How did what were like the experiences that led up to you yes. having those as part of your identity? Okay, so I grew up very, very conservative Christian. Okay. Um, and I have, and through just like going to church and also education based, I was mm-hmm. homeschooled, very, yeah. very conservative Christian homeschooling, um, but also very um, open. My parents are very like, they're, they're very good teachers, and so okay. they won't yeah. teach something based from one worldview. They will always teach based uh. from all of those. So I wasn't uneducated on other stuff, yeah. but I was, I still chose to be Christian. Okay. And so because of how my brain works, I'm hyper-logical to an extent. Yeah. And so defining myself as queer, I know that if you're looking at, like, quote-unquote heteronormativity— Okay. And like heterosexuality. Mm-hmm. In terms of my history, I don't fit into that qu- category. So if okay. I do not fit into that category, then I am innately queer. Okay. What, um, just because I'm. S- You're good. S- uh, slightly unfamiliar with the language. I try mm-hmm. to, I try to, you know, keep up with You're it. Good. But, uh, what, what experiences, uh, make, would make you think that you're, or, uh, have you, uh, yeah. Put on the identity of not heteronormative. So, like, if you feel comfortable talking, no, about you're fine. It. Yeah, it's um like when I was little, I never and like even like growing up through high school, I can say I probably had one crush, one on yeah. one guy. Yeah, when I was in ever, mm-hmm. and I've had one crush on one girl. Okay, ever. Yeah, and so and 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 it's never been like attraction. I would say. It's more almost, I don't want to say asexuality. It's just like I've never, yeah, I've okay. never been compelled to be in a relationship, which is weird for someone who's 22 and a Gen Z yeah, person. Mm-hmm. And so it's very almost isolating mindset to be in, but also it's not quote unquote yeah, straight. That doesn't seem, that doesn't seem, uh, so just like more asexual than asexual, um, like. I'm a romantic. I love books. I love art. Okay. I love everything. And so, like, I ha- I understand that aspect. I can fall in love with the idea of people or with people mm-hmm. very quickly. Yeah. But do I want to pursue them? No. Do they? Do I want them to pursue me? No. no. I don't really okay. want any interaction with the person. Okay. And I don't know if that stems from, you know, being autistic yeah, or if okay. that stems from, like, what exactly mm-hmm. that comes from. Yeah. But I know it's not the norm for most people. Okay. Um, you seem like you're a pretty good friend, though, like. You know, with uh, Mackenzie. Mackenzie, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so I, because of my upbringing, and also, like, who I am, I, I think it might be the like the third cultural aspect where I, like I, I can. Where you say the third? Third culture. So like third some a kid okay. who's not. So like I grew up in Florida, but I also grew up in. Scotland and in Costa Rica and in like other countries and other cultures. Oh, you left that out about yourself. <laughs> um, so like it it uh it affects how you fit into society and in general. Okay. And so and and how you fit into social groups. I also because of 
my entire innate social awkwardness. Mm -hmm. I've had to learn how to fit in with a lot of different people groups. And also I understand a lot of people groups. I understand, yeah. you know, what what it is to be attracted to women. So like I can relate to okay. queer people. Yeah. And but at the same time, I am Christian. Like mm -hmm. there's a difference between in my brain, there's a difference between soul, your who your spiritual body is, who you choose to be, like what what you choose as your mm -hmm. faith and what an earthly body experiences. Yeah. And it's okay. very black and white in my brain. Okay. So uh now, just because and this is like just like a really bold question. I don't care. So, uh, well, yeah, I'm gonna ask it now. Uh, w is there any kind of tension between the like identifying as queer and your Christianity? Okay. Yeah, it's constant, constant turmoil. Um, so, w uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Just because I grew up like I'm. Protestant Christian, very Calvinist for most of okay. my Christian journey. Yeah. I would be the person who would sit there and be like, you're going to hell. Here's the reasons okay. why. So fire this. and brimstone, or are you like a five-point Calvinist? Mm. Do you know what I mean by the five points? Explain. Okay, so there's like, a, it's called Tulip. It's like uh, the perseverance of saints, predestination, uh, unli um, limited atonement, irresistible grace and something else uh yes okay. i was raised yeah like okay. five point yeah five okay. point, yeah um and so coming to terms with the fact that like who i am as like an earthly body like mm -hmm. who i am on the planet earth yeah and what i believe in as a christian don't align mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people will choose one or the other and like mm -hmm. coming with t terms that I'm going to have to choose one or the other. Yeah. Very difficult. Okay. So, uh, just really quick, do you want to put your. I just. Is it not close enough? It's. I'll make. There we go. That's great. Okay. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I like. So, it's the. It's like a super minor. There's like noise dampeners that I use yeah. in editing for like background noise. And the closer somebody is to the, the light, the easier it is. is to like okay. distinct. Especially like if you go into like the, because I have auto audio editing software, so you can like s isolate wavelengths. Mm -hmm. So if they're closer to the mic, then you can tell that all the wavelengths above a certain level yeah. are their voice, and so you just, just strip everything out. Strip yeah, everything out other than what's their voice. So there we go. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Um, so you know, I'm not saying I'm trying not to say this as a statement, but mm. it sounds like you say. Like you're saying, you know that you're going to have to make a choice. Yeah. But you're kind of postponing. Like, It's not that I'm postponing. It's that you don't. it's constant turmoil. It's, I mean, if I were to put like an analogy, like if you're going to think about sexual sin in general, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. you can think about that in terms of, you know, a heterosexual sexual sin. If you're mm -hmm. doing premarital sex or if you're talking about, you know, Adultery, anything mm -hmm. like that. Yep. It falls under sexual sin. It all, yeah. Yeah. All and so it's the same thing that, you know, most Gen Z people mm -hmm. struggle with, even conservative Christians and oh, yeah. Gen, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gen, Gen Z people. Mm -hmm. It's that whole constant struggle with who you are as a human. Yeah. And earthly urges mm -hmm. and her earthly oh, yeah. identity yep. in society and everything. 
and what that looks like in reflection to who you are biblically. Okay. So because would you not identify it maybe? So it doesn't sound like you're in like a, just because of my faith in Christian belief in Christianity. It doesn't sound like you're sinning because you haven't acted on it. I choose not to. You choose not to. Yeah. So it's just a temptation. Mm Mm-hmm. But, but it is a, very much real. So yeah, it it's is, a big, I am it's queer. A big, I just okay. not active. So it's a big part of your identity because it's a thing you struggle with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Understood. Yeah. Um, so then uh, on your faith in Christianity, mm-hmm. what? Uh, so it sounds like your parents are Christians. Yeah. And I, I heard you. My m- dad's a pastor. Dad's yeah. A pastor. He's not not an active church now okay. um from between like 2012 and 2016 or 17 okay. that was when he was okay. a, yeah it was a non-denominational church okay. um really cool Loved um it. was it uh was it not a non-denominational would you say it was like more left-leaning or right-leaning church? Uh, right very right. Okay, okay yeah i'm just curious because sometimes when you like yeah it's very open when you say non yeah, yeah. So, um mainly because i was kind of curious if that affected uh your identity at all or like no temptation no I, like with my parents i think my mom she probably knows i struggle mm-hmm. but it's not it's one of those things like they know that i'm fine mm-hmm. and if i have any questions my parents will answer them yeah but it's other than that they're just they'll check in you good yeah i'm good yeah. cool and that's the extent um the so, growing up with Christian parents, and I know they diversified your worldviews. Mm-hmm. What were the um, what were the key defining factors that made you decide I'm a Christian? Um, partially, my parents, um, because they're a Christian, they felt my dad was a private chef, mm-hmm. and um, through that, we were put up in one of his boss's houses. Okay, my parents are not materialistic at all and so it was a big house they didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. so as a way of using space for my entire childhood we would take in people who needed places to stay and give them places Mm -hmm. and so until i was probably 12 13 years old we didn't live alone in our own house yep and so and they didn't they didn't discriminate we had people of every religion Mm -hmm. every like any identity possible coming into our house living mm-hmm. and my parents always respected that they would if someone was muslim they would make sure they had the mm-hmm. space so that they could pray and okay. they would yeah we would have dinner we'd have everything mm-hmm. together and so i would learn everything like i was yeah. i read the quran like i did mm-hmm. all of these things and so i i was doing other religion studies and other mm-hmm. yeah. like culture studies yeah. and it allowed me to knowledge knowledgeably make my own decisions in yeah. my faith so at the same time i was doing my own mm-hmm schooling and i was doing all of that i was doing my own bible studies and i was able to compare it look at history look at art look at philosophy mm-hmm. and how everything connects and make a logical decision as well as a spiritual decision on what okay. made the most sense what was the so what was the logical things that led to you so like i mean people always point to like the the um similarities between if you're reading like 
Greek myths and mm -hmm. Roman legends and all of these things and like yeah. how they line up with instances in the Bible in terms mm -hmm. of like the flood and th stuff like yeah. that and like mm -hmm. looking at that and then looking at evolution and ev evolutionary science and mm -hmm. all of the discrepancies in that and yeah. you know proof of all of all of these yeah. historical events and I the ice age and everything <laughs> um <laughs> and um just being able to go okay well there's a lot of external proof to what the bible says that just further pushes that whole thing and also and then being able to back that up with faith like with mm -hmm. with things like when i was i think when i was like 11 um I remember very vividly just it was Ash Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I was struck down in faith, like to the point where I was 11 years old. I was a kid yeah. um, and we were worshiping and like all of a sudden I was on the floor crying. And it was like yeah. very much that I like people don't have those kinds of like that kind of presence, like where, you know, you're yeah. with God in mm -hmm. that in that moment. And you're you're able to have firsthand like proof of. Mm -hmm. who you are worshiping who like yeah, where okay. your faith comes from that personal connection to god mm -hmm. and i've had that and so like it's not something where i'm like constantly having to prove to myself that god exists yeah, yeah. i know that he exists mm -hmm. and then i'm constantly finding a whole bunch of proof for that yeah yeah and so it's like that that was very important and the fact that my parents even though they were conservative and conservative and christian allowed they trusted they they shepherded they gave me all of the right information mm -hmm. but they allowed me to make my own decisions okay sorry that was a separate alarm <laughs> okay we still got nine minutes on the timer so your parents still allowed you to make separate decisions mm-hmm what was the thing that made you choose? Because you mentioned Muslim people mm -hmm. uh, living with you. So what was the thing that separated Christianity from Islam or any other uh, belief in God system uh, that you encountered? Was um, it mainly that your parents had it or that you experienced some kind of spiritual connection while worshiping um, God? Or would you say there was some other logical reason that uh, you came to that conclusion? conclusion just in like new world like the new testament yeah like, like, like new testament like i know that uh there's just with like the muslims that i've talked to they depending on which ones you talk to they'll believe that the torah or the the old testament that's in the bible we have now is corrupted you know that kind of thing so mm -hmm. um i didn't know if you had uh um many what made the distinction for you or if you had thought super deeply about it when i was in school like middle school ish i was um i hyper focused yeah on the resurrection everything okay. like that yeah. and so i went on a mission to find every single external source there was that I could find of proof of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. not specifically just death and resurrection, just mm -hmm. existence. Yeah. In okay. Impact on society, everything. Yeah. That uh, along with um, the fact Paul's always been one of my favorite writers. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. so like there's a lot of that. And also the fact that I am, um, I, I made the decision to read a lot of, 
different translations of the Bible. Okay. So yeah. um, I I went through when I read that, and because I was a kid that was obsessed with logic and logical syllogism and sentence structure and yeah. exact wording i also studied latin when i was in high school and so like yeah. going taking things into it even if it's not the original language but taking mm -hmm. it back a couple languages in translation and seeing how things are worded that yeah. way um just being able to find concrete evidence of things that i believe outside of the mm -hmm. bible because the bible is great it's a wonderful text but being able to back it up and be able to back it up in conversation yeah. was one of the probably the key thing that made me choose that okay. because when I went to other religions and I tried to do the same thing for those religions, there weren't a lot of external texts that mm -hmm. supported the key ideologies or key texts in mm -hmm. those religions. And yeah. so, but there was that for Christianity. Okay. Yep. Yep. I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause the thing that, the thing that led up to me like becoming or being a follower of christ is that was the logic behind it mm -hmm. that wasn't the end all i feel like there's been sanctifying sanctifying uh experiences that i've had that mm -hmm. uh, outside of just like logical yeah um thought but that was the thing that made my mind mm -hmm. uh on it so i definitely yeah. can resonate with that a little bit like that's um, that's something my roommate and i talk about a lot because like i'm very logical but for her it's a lot of like conviction based and mm -hmm. i think that's something that yeah um is very unique to religion in general but mm -hmm. in christianity it's very obvious like that innate sense of right and wrong mm -hmm. when you're educated on what it says in the bible and what morality is in the mm -hmm. bible and everything the way you feel conviction is very very evident like you know yeah. just innately even if it's something that you're like, oh, I didn't even realize I was doing something wrong. You can just feel it mm -hmm. through your spirit that something is wrong. And it's like being able to be in touch with that as well as having all of the logical thought behind it. But being able, yeah, just being able to tap into that because that's another big part of it. That's like the not describable part of mm -hmm. faith is like that's there. It's not just a moral compass that you mm -hmm. have because moral compass compass you're making decisions purposefully that mm -hmm. either go against or towards whatever moral compass or taught compass you have but conviction is outside of that you feel it regardless yeah. so considering parts of your identity and mm -hmm. your faith in christianity how does that influence your politics um I don't know how to answer that. Um, what things politically do you care about? Politically do I care about? Um, I I think first and foremost, I care about education. Okay. Um, definitely, definitely probably the most passionate thing. Um, I Then it would probably be medicine. Okay. And then because I think that education directly influences medicine Dire education as a whole directly influences every single other yeah aspect of politics okay and in order to i've not well i don't i don't like question it but i mm -hmm. just have not heard that 
like it's a thought before. So do we, yeah, am I so, uh, that so yes. Okay. So my logical, the, the way that my brain processes it is if you're going to, let's say, talk about, um, reproductive rights or mm-hmm. gender or, um, LGBTQ rights or, um, uh, fiscal rights, whether mm-hmm. like legal, ev- anything yeah. in order to even start a conversation, mm-hmm. a person has to be educated on the subject. Yeah. And in order for education to happen, you need mm-hmm. to have an intact education system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah, for sure. Um, of understanding of how education works and the different ways people are educated. I know mm-hmm. for a fact, if I was put into a public school setting, I would have failed. Mm-hmm. The way yeah. my brain works, um, the the average diagnosis age for a woman with autism is nineteen, okay. like seventeen oh. to nineteen years old. Really? Whereas with oh. men, it's between three and five years old. Okay. So it's yeah. not caught. But it does do all of the same things. You're still living with all of the same, like the same aspects of the disability, but it's not caught. And okay. so I can't imagine having to sit down for mm-hmm. that long of a t- period of time or have to um, be forced to learn a specific way for mm-hmm. that period of time. Um, and so that aspect of education, where it comes to learning disabilities, but also just content. Mm -hmm. I know that I was blessed by the fact that my mom was able to stay home and Mm -hmm. and teach. And the fact that my dad quite literally is a genius. He's like IQ wise, literally a genius. And through his dyslexia, he also, he has like, he has 80% auditory recall. So this man, 80% of everything he has ever heard in his life, he knows. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I was blessed to just have like the look of the draw that my parents are very smart and that they're open and they're willing to teach and that they were able to teach. Mm -hmm. That's not like most of most of the population doesn't have that. And then when you look at what the current education system looks like, where we rank globally, but also just Mm -hmm. where kids are, where like the general happiness of kids gen alpha mm-hmm. gen z and also just the base knowledge that kids are leaving school with mm-hmm. it's not a lot there and so yeah. to i f- i think that my politics are affected the most by that aspect because it okay. angers me because like i i try to have a discussion with somebody mm-hmm. and they're coming to the table with nothing mm-hmm. and it's not even yeah. that they're not they don't have any content mm-hmm. They haven't been taught how to teach themselves either because mm-hmm. every it's very much a format of here is here is material. Mm-hmm. You'll be tested on it in a week. There's yeah. no mm-hmm. like push to memorize unless it, the kid decides themselves that they want to yeah. go for honors, that they want to. Mm-hmm. They have to decide that. There's no like yeah. mentoring into that. It's not the culture of learning. And so um, I find that very annoying mm-hmm. in terms oh, of yeah. um trying to have those debates because well i don't know if i affects my politics so i may i may have mentioned this and i think i may, may have mentioned this actually on this podcast for mm-hmm. people listening but uh for every one podcast i release i interview four people mm-hmm. right so and not i mean everybody's opinion is valuable yeah 
but some people do sound more interesting <laughs> than others. And it, it and not only that, but it's uh if they're a little bit more thought out on it, you mm-hmm. know, it's uh it's a lot more comforting for me to put that out into the world mm-hmm. than somebody who's really still figuring it out, which mm-hmm. is okay to be figuring it out. Yeah. Um but to at least like have some kind of thought of like where you're going, how you're trying to think about things what you're learning that kind of thing and just i've also just witnessed because i was homeschooled and growing up uh i did not realize the density of highly intelligent passionate people i was around yeah right like especially in like the uh homeschool co-op that i went to through high school i i remember just thinking that everybody who hadn't just for this is just kind of like a reference. Not that I knew everybody had it, but it felt like everybody had an IQ of 135 right? or higher. I right? felt so stupid my entire life. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I felt so stupid. And then I, I leave and I experience normal people. And I'm like, <laughs> what? what? What is? And then, so uh, honestly, to being around that in high school made me think, why on earth do we have a welfare system? Like, you know, because <laughs> you just think like, everybody's smart and you, you so not yeah. that i think there are a lot of ways that welfare is abused but <laughs> it was it's just kind of funny thinking about uh i was so desensitized to really really smart gifted people yeah and then experiencing as a homeschooler not that all homeschoolers are smart. <laughs> I have yeah, I've it. met some stupid <laughs> homeschoolers. Yeah. There's two reasons why you're homeschooled. <laughs> and it's because you're on one of two spectrums <laughs> that doesn't land in public school. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and honestly, as a dyslexic person, I landed on both ends of the yeah, spectrum. Yeah, it's like I was autistic. <laughs> so, yeah, both sides. <laughs> both sides. Um, and I could, you know, well, I, I don't know how... I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but like, uh, like I can probably relate with your dad. Like, I just everything I listen to, it just stays stays there. I don't forget things. Yeah, it was so horrible living as a child because oh. I tried to lie to that man. No, no. he's going to remember. Five years ago, you said <laughs> like, yep, no. Yep. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm actually have to. I'm gonna have to be mindful of my my kids with that because I don't want to. Uh, I don't know. I just know how terrible it was for my siblings. So I'm going to try and. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was an interesting dynamic between my sister who's extremely dyslexic and me who's extremely attention deficit prone mm-hmm, because yeah. she remembered everything. I forgot everything. And then yeah. we tried to argue and it just didn't work. So I've heard this before. Maybe you can mm-hmm. attest to it or not. The ADHD is it ADHD or ADD? So okay, so is it ADD? Isn't quite uh, like a attention deficit disorder? Like, but because I I mentioned earlier the difference between like female and male mm-hmm. um, presentations. Yeah. Um, in terms of like diagnostic criteria, mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit different between men and women. Usually, usually women are not hyperactive so for a long time people were diagnosing people with ADD attention deficit disorder mm-hmm. not attention de- deficit hyperactive disorder okay and so yeah. 
that is separate. It it it's still you're still considered neurodivergent, but it's a yeah. different thing than autism. Yeah. Um, autism is a um like a it's a neurological problem and also like your nervous system. Mm -hmm. So, I I have both. Wonderful. Okay. The, they mash up, and it's part of the reason why it's not as obvious. Yeah. Because I deal with both insane understimulation and insane overstimulation at the same time and they on an external level feel like like they look like they, they kind of cancel out yeah okay. okay um but it means that i can become very bored very quickly and then just leave just my brain just leaves mm -hmm. or i become so aware in the situation that i get super overwhelmed and just shut down and mm. so it's 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 that kind of aspect but adhd I am still hyperactive, thus the, yeah, the drawing thing. circles okay. and yeah. stuff like that. Because sitting still is difficult. Um, but then, like the stimming aspect, I do a lot of mm, this yeah. stuff like that, playing with my with my clothing stuff like that. That's just like taught things that my mom helped with a lot. That our way of just like mm -hmm. socially acceptably being autistic. Yeah. Uh, the the thing I was kind of. Uh, just really quick, because I want to ask you more about how medicine mm. affects all of yeah, all it's a of big part. Uh, politics Ooh, slash culture. I've got a whole bunch. You're gonna love this. Okay, coming. that's what I, I want to hear. That's <laughs> what I wanted to hear. Uh, so the, but for really quick on the ADD thing, mm -hmm. would does that cause? Because you mentioned not forgetting things. Does that cause more like short term memory? But like, you can remember things that happened a long time ago, but not things that happened like five minutes ago, kind of thing. Um, it doesn't really affect memory in terms of if, if I experienced it, if I like took it in as information, I'll remember it. Oh, but, but if it's hard I to didn't, intake but I, yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if you've ever had like anxiety to the point where like, you're not like people are talking to you and like, you just aren't able to figure out what they're saying. Things like that where yeah. it's like. Um, I, no, I, I said, yeah, but I've but never no. had that. Yeah, it's, yet, so it's, no. it's difficult to describe, but it's, it's, if I can, if I can process the information, it stays, mm -hmm. but it's a information processing disorder. So okay. like, it, okay. especially the, the autism, mm -hmm. things like that, I'll look at somebody, if they're talking to me, I'll say what, like five times. And it's mm. not that I haven't heard them. It's that my brain isn't processing what they're saying. It's a it's a verbal or auditory processing problem. Okay. Yeah. I but also have to speak sometimes to process my yeah. own thoughts. Because I might. Uh, so my sister has an auditory processing disorder. Mm -hmm. so that was always. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Sound like you come from a little neuro spicy family too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. So a lot of homeschool people. I think it's probably uh, maybe maybe it's the redhead. Maybe that's what it <laughs> redhead <is>. thing. Yeah, <laughs> genetics just. So, um, but uh. So, medicine and how that influences. Yeah. So, one, I want to know what your uh, basically analysis is. Your analysis is of how it affects all politics and culture, but specifically how it affects your politics. Okay. This is a big part of why I'm libertarian. I hate, first off, I hate a strong word, but I hate how medicine is affected by money and affects money mm -hmm. oh yeah because um okay so here's the hot take okay i there's you know that that like that argument that's like don't immunize your kids because it'll make them autistic mm -hmm. so 
I am immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. We do not know if I reacted to the immunizations because I have no immune system or if immunization killed my immune system to the point where I no longer have one. Mm. But I have that. My mom's autistic, so it's I wasn't like yeah. immunized to know I'm autistic. But yeah. it's always one of those funny things that like, oh, you're autistic and you're immunized. You had immunization injuries. But yeah. I was one of those kids that um, was immuno injured. Mm-hmm. And whenever you say immunization you're talking about vaccines yes okay yeah yeah vaccine i was vaccinated when i was like you have all all the little vaccines that you get when you're a baby Mm -hmm. yeah um but there were probably three i know there was one immunization that i got that i reacted very 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 badly to when i was like six months old Mm -hmm. and then my mom stopped immunizing me Mm -hmm. because she did not want anything to do with that yeah but then um, in order to have the child care that she needed, they needed proof of continued um, immuni- uh, immunization. Vac- yeah, yeah, vaccination. Yeah. Okay. And she was like, okay, Oof. so we're going to – she, like, purposely took, like, the least she, – she did so much research, found yeah. the least reactive one mm, ever. My goodness. I got immunized. She forced them to monitor me for half an hour after the immunization – I was on life support within half an hour in the hospital across the street. Oxygen tent, everything almost killed me. What? Yes. And so that has affected That's scary. how medicine affects my life in yeah. a very, very large, like strong way. Okay. But are you like, can, just because, are you like an anti COVID vaccine? Was that like a. I, did, I didn't get the COVID vaccine. Okay. Um, I know, like, there's sensitivity in my family. My dad okay. got, yeah. I think it was the tetanus vaccine. Um, okay. When I was little and he was in the hospital for a week. And then okay. my grandmother got the COVID vaccine because, and like, that's understandable. She is of the age where it could have, she could have yeah, died yeah. from COVID. Mm-hmm. So you could, you could argue that risk, mm-hmm. but she almost died from the COVID vaccine. It mm-hmm. caused a whole bunch of neurological problems. She couldn't yep. speak for months. She still mm-hmm. has tremors, head twitches, like all of these things. Yeah. They weren't pre-existing problems. They happened after and then you have the whole like heart problems with with yeah, the ma- male population and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But then on the other side of that, my grandmother was a nurse for forty years, and so she was there when a lot of immunizations were first like becoming big. Mm-hmm. And so I I understand the argument for some of them. Like they're with there there is it they should exist. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be mandated. Yeah. Yeah, they should be an option for people if there is a severe, like if there is a life risk, mm-hmm. they they should be accessible, but mm-hmm. they should not be forced because oh, yeah. there are people that die. Well, I know. Also, um, the fact I know I'm interrupting, but there's a lot of immunization injury cover up in this country. Oh that yeah, it's not talked about. Like there's mm-hmm. the they'll they'll there's institutions in place that will pay for your medical expenses after immuno like immunization injury and in return that is not documented like it's it's Mm -hmm. written off so any statistics you read if there's someone who can't afford to pay you know thirty thousand dollars in medical bills Mm -hmm. then they're not going to be part of that statistic yep Yep. so so uh well now whenever you say they're mandatory what uh what extent of mandatory do you mean um 
So, like discriminating based, like based, mm-hmm. like education, travel, things like that, where okay. you're not allowed to do certain things that you should be able to as a free American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you're vaccinated, things like that. Yeah. Okay. I understand if it's like. You know, if you're a healthcare worker and you're going yeah. into like hospice or you're going into nursing homes, things like that, then there are things you want to be, you don't want to be carrying. Yeah. But in terms of like being able to get childcare for your child when mm-hmm. they're two years old, you shouldn't have to have them vaccinated against 15,000 different things mm-hmm. in order for that to happen because most of the things that these vaccinations are for are not prevalent like there's mm-hmm. like yeah smallpox what well the uh oh sorry i had to You're okay. text a buddy not home sorry bro <laughs> uh the you know and i'm just putting my putting this out there this is me, me being pretty open it's like we you know like i i was never vaccinated mm-hmm. like should like my parents, because I was outside the system the whole yeah. time, so I just my sisters weren't vaccinated. After me, my parents were like, "Nope, never nope. again." <laughs> yeah, that pro- to be honest, that might have been what led to homeschooling a little bit because pub- I know public schools yeah require a, a lot. lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, or at least lots of public schools. It may I don't know specific, but yeah, yeah. Um, and that I mean, my wife was never vaccinated either, mm. and so that led us to not vaccinating our daughter. Yeah, because. We both ended up being really healthy, like relatively. Oh, in, my sister's know. way healthier than me. So much healthier than Man. I am. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of. It really sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even do anything. Man, that's just got done being sick for three weeks. Really? Three weeks? Yes. Man. Because like I don't have immune system, so if I get sick, then. I don't have anything there after I'm done being sick to prevent me getting sick again. It's even, I'm even weaker. And then I have no lungs. I have no lungs. So uh, that sounds weird. I have like the lungs of an 80 year old. So like like, then it will turn into pneumonia or something like that. And Mm -hmm. then I'm just stuck there and I'm like a, someone's grandpa where Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh yeah, I just been sick for forever. Yep. So vaccines, Big Pharma paying off. Mm-hmm. It sounded like Big oh, Pharma. Yeah, 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 Big Pharma paying people's medical bills so they don't show up on statistics so it doesn't show vaccine or immunization injuries. Yeah. Um, continue. Well, I mean, that's most of that because most of it was when I was young, but it's just also just continual struggle to be able to find, you know, a doctor. To be, like to to have a doctor if you're not vaccinated that's there'll be doctors that don't won't touch you they won't take you as a patient if you're mm. not vaccinated okay yeah and it's like i will die you, there's also like kindergarten i had documentation of vaccine injury and there were kindergartens that turned my family away because they would only take like a religious exemption not a medical exemption or things what? like that yeah and um a lot of like it's just like human rights that you taken away because you're not feeding into that um so that that person is like one of the biggest ways that medicine or the medical system in the united states has affected my politics things like that i'm always paying attention to mm-hmm. that um 
Because I feel like when you're watching political debates and things like that, mm -hmm. it's one of the lesser things that's talked on because it's such a touchy to topic because yeah. there's so much money there. Mm -hmm. um, so being very, very conscious where you're voting and where, where you're supporting, where you're donating money, things like that, because it has a pretty big effect on oh, yeah. people's lives. Mm -hmm. and, and like even if it doesn't affect you personally, there's most people know someone who has pretty severe medical issues so like yeah. mm -hmm. be careful yep yeah um so is there something that uh and this is not to like call you out or anything mm -hmm. but uh is it something that you care about but is there something that you're doing to actually like uh um push the the system in a direction you'd like or i mean through my voting habits yes but okay um, how do you, can I ask, ask you how you vote? Um, I'm registered Republican, but okay. I will vote moderate, will vote in any okay. way that I don't vote based off of party affiliation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. usually it falls Republican, but okay. if there's someone who I don't agree with their morality, I don't agree with their policies, things like that, I'm going to choose a different party. Okay. Um, that hasn't happened yet, but I okay. always will educate myself on it and I don't. There are people who are like, I'm not going to vote for someone unless they're a Republican. No, I'll vote mm -hmm. for I'll, I'll I'll vote for someone who's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, so that that I had something else I was going to talk about. Oh, and then the whole autism thing. Yeah. Um. We everyone in my family knows I'm autistic. I've been referred mm -hmm. to. I've been referred to psychiatrists by three different doctors. Like, there's mm -hmm. yeah. Everyone knows I'm autistic. I refuse to get diagnosed autistic. Mm -hmm. It is three to five thousand dollars to get a diagnosis, which that's yep. insane. Mm -hmm. It is. And also, why I haven't gone and done anything about it. Yeah, the, so. uh, I I I don't like that. But also, both. I mean, there's stigmas that are around being mm -hmm. autistic yep. in general in the general population. Um, medication. I mean, lots of ADHD kids, especially, are medicated from a really young age because of their their mm -hmm. back to the education system yep. because mm -hmm. they don't fit into that. But then you have these kids; they're like doped up mm -hmm. because their brain doesn't work norm like normally. Normally, yeah, it just works differently. It's interesting how the more we're learning about it, because some of it I think is like like the, our environment, mm -hmm. but I'm not I'm not entirely bought into that. I think that we're just we're learning more and more how to identify differences yeah. in the way our brains work. Yes. And what's interesting is like like the dyslexia thing. It's like one in five people have dyslexia. So at that point, is it not normal? Like, I, yeah, it's like at one point, does it go take that like that bridge from like a minority to not a minority? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's still, you know, a minority, but you know, a if, lot of people have 20 percent of. Yeah. You know, and that's where you look at like the severity thing and mm -hmm. also yeah. disability thing. Like mm -hmm. at one point, does it become a disability because you can be quote unquote neurodivergent without it being a disability to your life? Yeah. Yeah. Because and you can like, push through it. Yeah. yeah. So like I would be considered ASD one. There's mm -hmm. a scale one three to three mm -hmm. based off of how you I think fall. three is the most severe, right? Yes. So uh, I'm one and my sister's three. Sister's or, three. Or I don't even know if it was three, but it was the highest one. For, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was like super. Dyslexic. Super dyslexic. Super. Yeah. So um, my sister's the same way, which okay. is not very common for women. Mm -hmm. A lot of times 
women it's, don't mm. have as severe of symptoms with 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 um, dyslexia, and it falls back. I, I could talk for hours on that because it's hyper focused. Yeah. Um, but uh, that affects a lot of my medical things because, like, um, even if you're thinking not, you know, local to the United States, there are countries that if you have an autism diagnosis, your rights are taken away, and mm-hmm. yeah. that word, like, it, it can it can limit your travel abilities mm-hmm. um, if you want to go for citizenship or um, visas or yeah. work visas, mm-hmm. things like that. Internationally, yep. you instantly can be disqualified or mm-hmm. overlooked because you have these specific disabilities yep. and it's like being bringing a lot of awareness to that i try to educate my friends as much as possible because there's a lot of misinformation um on those subjects so making okay. sure that what kind of inf- uh misinformation uh do you feel like there is um that you that you actually like hear from other people just a lot of like preconceived notions on what autism is and also okay. uh, um lack of understanding on how it affects the body physically because a lot of people think of it as like a mental disorder okay. um which yes your mind is disordered because mm-hmm. of the physical effects it has on your body mm-hmm. it's a nervous system thing so like you're not able to i mean my favorite one of my favorite facts if you take if you take like a ADHD slash autistic mind, mm-hmm. um, if you take the brain at the end of their life, and mm-hmm. you weigh that in comparison to a neurotypical brain, It'll be it heavier? physically is heavier. Oh, that's, that's because there funny. are so many more neuropathways that are built mm-hmm. over the course of a life of a neurodivergent. So it's like there's so much more information being input. There's are um, like thirty to fifty percent more information going into. Okay. a neurodivergent brain because they're not able to process any of that stuff out. Oh, and so it's okay. taking that in input and then trying to take stuff from that and sort through it. And so um, trying to break down like the stigma around that aspect and also educate on the physical aspects of, okay. of autism in terms of like um, there's like don't feel you don't you don't you don't feel a pain the same way mm-hmm. you don't feel emotional pain the same way you're not you're you don't have the right levels of dopamine and serotonin and things like that in your brain yeah. um chemically your brain is different um you don't feel you don't regulate temperature the same way you don't like there's mm-hmm. all of these things where it's like it's not just that person really likes planes it's a lot mm-hmm. more than that and yeah. just educating that aspect of it and then the differences between gender. I mean, the DSM-5, the diagnostic book, in 2020 updated so that there's actual diagnostic criteria for, for women with uh, autism. Mm-hmm. But before that, there was barely anything. Mm-hmm. And, like, 20 okay. years ago, it was arguable. Like, doctors would argue that women could even, like, be, like, how autistic women could actually be. Like, there is... Oh. so much uneducation and then like <laughs> you could get into the uh, the medical aspect in terms of like medical studies and yeah. the gender well, difference th- whenever i imagine somebody to be honest like the maybe this is terrible because i've been influenced by spinning in circles and flapping their hands and no no i uh the image i have like the temple granted movie i just imagine yeah temple, that's like the yeah the autistic person that i think of whenever i think of yeah Autistic. Um, you get me going in one of my my uh, 
special interests, it can start to look like that after a while. <laughs> um, also, it's funny, like if I have a glass of wine, mm-hmm. Temple Grandin, <laughs> because there's ma- there's there, like I don't mask as much. Like I'm not because I'm hyper aware of like where I am in my so mm-hmm. in a social yeah. setting, and so like you can like it's almost like acting, mm-hmm. and so it, it will it will leave. Um, and like if you look at video like child tapes of me when a kid from a kid yeah. from when I was a kid. I still now like I drive in silence. It's the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. I can drive for three hours. No so. music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. People are like, you're 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 a psychopath. I'm like, no, my brain is so loud. I, I don't, can't I, don't I can't need, deal I don't with it. it. Yeah. I can't do the music um, and like spinning in circles, flapping my hands. Those things happen. Uh-huh. There'll be times where. Um, my roommate got, she was like, you're making me, you're making me sick. Like I'm, I'm watching you making me sick. Cause we got these little bar stools in our apartment recently Yeah. and I wasn't paying attention. We were, she was making dinner. I was sitting at the bar. I'd been spinning for like uh, half an hour straight. Yeah. No, I didn't realize it, but like those kinds of things mm-hmm. where it's like, yep. I, when you think that stereotype, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very much a thing, but then there's people who figure out ways to, do those are all like physical stems mm-hmm. you figure out ways to do those more socially acceptable ones like yeah mm-hmm. for women or for a lot of people it's a lot of stuff with nails like they'll mm-hmm. have okay. stuff going on with their nails their fingers cracking yeah. their knuckles doing stuff like that constantly like every human being stems because it's mm-hmm. just a way of processing physically yeah but when you have so much more information you have to do a lot going more. Into, you do it a lot more yeah so the more overwhelmed I get, the more I'll do that. Okay. Um, Sorry. What do you? Th- no, no, you're all good. <laughs> I, no, I, I was. It's really cool listening to you, listening to you talk about it. Um, <clears throat> what do you think the meaning of life is? And maybe if that's too broad of a question, what do you think the meaning of your life is? Okay, so in order to com- in order to answer the question, we're gonna define terms. Okay, yeah. Okay, so if you're talking, what my what the meaning of life is as a broad like umbrella term as an earthly life as the life of our bodies, okay. I think that we're here to to learn as much as possible to experience art because art is a God given gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and to shepherd and teach other people. And then if you're talking to me personally, I think that my purpose in life is to kind of the same thing, to be able to learn. I feel like communication is something that's so innately human and the way we, commu- we the way humans communicate is so innately human. And as someone who has a disability that affects that, being able to step outside of what is the societal norm for communication and find f- new ways to connect with people mm-hmm. is something that is very much a purpose of a human life. And so whether that's through music or language written language universal mm-hmm. languages like math or music or art or or food that's one of my mm-hmm. other favorite yeah. universal languages but being able to take those and have 
impactful conversations and experiences with other human beings is probably what I would say the purpose of our life on earth is. Um, and then in terms of if you're, if you're talking like spiritual life, like who your soul, the, like who you are forever um, mm-hmm. would be to try to live to what Christ is. So um, trying to be compassionate to find things to be passionate about um, to be able to feel genuine love in all of its biblical forms, to be able to um, to be able to find things to you know to feel righteous anger, to be able to find things that you can expand upon and learn about and okay. educate on and share, um, and to be able to build family whether that's chosen family or your own like related family, but being able to create a space where you have that form of safety and community. Mm -hmm. There you go. Okay. That was really long. Good. (laughs) I think about that a lot. (laughs) Okay. You do. Yeah. All right. What, what makes you think about it a lot? Um, just because I feel like, a lot of life in the 21st century is very superficial um, because whether it's because of social media, whether it's because of the lack of education on communication, Mm -hmm. um, the like, I mean, you think about classic, like classical, classical education, like where you weren't a lady unless you had an understanding of the arts of the understanding of philosophy of, Mm -hmm. of the understanding of language of the other, like you took, I mean, they don't even have home ec in in schools anymore. Mm, And so like, all of these things that are so uniquely human are being lost or they're not valued anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think about that a lot because I mean, when you think about the best parts of your life, it's when you're having a wonderful meal with people you love or you're at a concert or you're doing Mm -hmm. all of these things and they're not they have nothing to do with social media they have nothing to do with that superficial like societal structure Mm -hmm. they're outside of that it's when you're behind those walls Mm -hmm. that you find all of that meaning and purpose and love and everything and so um i my brain i don't fit into a lot of social social structures and so it's i think about that and like it's one of those things that saddens me a lot because um i see how people react to my family because my Mm -hmm. family very much does my my family prioritizes that it's one of those things like we have Mm -hmm. i mean i just moved to texas but we still have family dinners and you know my dad was a chef so like Thanksgiving every year was like 30 people, like all of our, all of the people who didn't have a family or have those connections, mm-hmm. those would be the people that came to our house. And so, yeah, like, yeah. and the people who didn't have a home, giving mm-hmm. them that space where they can feel safe, they can practice their religion, they can practice, they yep. can have a family, they can have food and being able to educate that and share it with one another. It, I think about that constantly because it's one of the most important things. And I try to facilitate that as much as possible. And I thank my parents for giving me that education and, Mm -hmm. and that understanding of how important that is. Um, but I, it's, it is, it is definitely a constant thing going on in my brain because, um, 
I see a lot of my generation, especially and generation mm-hmm. alpha, like the two newer generations almost belittling it, thinking yeah. like it's it's classic, but it's classic for a reason. Those things are valued throughout history for a reason. Yeah. And making sure we're still well, in touch with that. One of the things, yeah, I, I see a lot is uh just uh there was a guy i interviewed he was like it's not classic nihilism it's more like this teenage edgy nihilism (laughs) so um i feel like i've i've encountered a lot of teenage edgy nihilism Mm -hmm. where it's just like "Ah, nothing matters like it does like i right now i get a lot of friends are like there's not even gonna be here in 30 years so like i'm like Dude, that's uh, okay. I well, I don't know who, which stoic or philosopher said it, but a society does well whenever people plant trees, knowing that they won't live to see the fruit. Yeah, right. So if you have the mindset, of course, that's going to be what it's like a self fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. So don't self fulfill it. Plant the tree. Care about the people who are going to be living in their prime thirty years from now. Exactly, because it's, it's not going to be you, and you shouldn't care about yourself in thirty years. You should be caring about other people. So be a little bit more altruistic. <laughs> exactly. But that is very, very, like, that whole community thing I was talking about. Like, our generation is very selfish. Very, yeah. very, yeah. very, very selfish. Where it's based off, like, how people find their identity, things like that. It's not found in community anymore. It's very, they, it's like people try to find their identity outside of community and then build mm-hmm. a community based off of those. Yeah. Instead of finding it together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's it's a really weird thing. And I, like, through my history studies, I haven't really seen it outside mm-hmm. of our generation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it ha- is the social media aspect of it and how, how isolating and that is, but also how very visible you are. Yeah. But it's, well, it's very weird. You know, I think uh, it's becoming more individualistic. Like, you know, like we're isolated individuals outside mm-hmm. of a community. Although, um, and not, not that I've read this for any, anybody else, but my observation is that Americans, since like the very beginning of this country, <laughs> right, we, we've been more individualistic than any other country. Yes. Right. So I think that it stems from this, uh, mainly because I don't think that we weren't individualistic in the past. I think it's just more individualistic now. Yeah. And I think we were already in a really individualistic state compared to lots of other countries and cultures. Yes. Um, because, you know, for me, I, I really believe this is the land of opportunity. And, yeah. you know, just thinking about some of the people I talk to, because I work with a lot of people from uh, Latin America and Brazil and that kind of thing. And, it's not like a go and they don't they don't go seize things they don't they like don't yeah. and if if somebody is doing if a politician is doing something bad there's not an uprising yeah by the people it's whereas like we have our whole country is based off of like multiple interactions like that mm. right like one side wanted to leave the other side wanted to get rid of slavery and war we fought a war over it like it, it wasn't like this you know i talk it out for 45 years yeah no. talk it out for 45 years no we didn't do that uh so it's this very like you know we're gonna go and take it and it wasn't 
and that, that that mindset doesn't come from a sense of community. No. It comes from a sense of like individuality. Individuality. Yeah. Um I mean, so I think the the thing I've thought about is that uh more than anything else that I feel like I can relate to anybody who's left left leaning, right leaning, far right, moderate, mm. whatever, is I know that them as Americans are probably we're gonna have a shared sense of community in our individualism. Yes. Okay, so. I do agree with you on that. Yes. Yeah, like I I know that I'm going to We're all divas. Yeah. I, I we're all we're all divas and I think that that's uh more true of like the Americans that I'm gonna talk to, no matter how much they disagree with me than somebody who's from another country or the culture. The innate fact that they might all disagree with you proves your point. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So um anyways i just i think that that's some part of that is bad uh but i i think there is some amount of beauty in that i i do the ability to the the ability to have it is Mm -hmm. is amazing the fact that we live in a country where you're allowed to have your own thought and you're allowed and you're able to act on your Mm -hmm. own individual thought yeah i think i might have missed spoke with like the i think i was talking more with like where kids are finding I think more where kids are finding their identity and how isolated they then make themselves Mm -hmm. more than just being an individual Mm -hmm. but yeah no the we live in a great country especially because I'm from South Florida so I was I grew up around a whole bunch of people and like Cuba's right there Mm -hmm. yeah and like that's a great example because you see you hear so many firsthand stories or you know yeah you know I know so many people personally Mm -hmm. where they're that America is just so amazing and being mm-hmm. able to see it through fresh eyes yeah. over and over again growing up was very, very, very cool. The, mm-hmm. the fact that I got to see the United States and like yeah. how wonderful it is to other people mm-hmm. because a lot of people take it for granted here. So it's, Oh yeah. Yep. For yeah. sure. It's a, uh, I try not to, I mean, I, it's really easy for me to, but mm-hmm. What would be something that you would encourage other young people with or a question you would have them ask themselves? I encourage everyone to continually find ways to have renewed curiosity and and renewed um, wanting, like a renewed want of learning. Because Mm -hmm. I feel where people, when life gets the most dull is when you no longer want to learn about something. And I personally find when I'm the most happy is when I am studying something I'm passionate about and studying fully and asking yourself all of the questions, not just the questions you want to hear. going into every new topic that you find as a whole and studying it from every angle possible and getting as much input from outside sources, whether it's people or material or anything as possible and constantly talking about it and discussing it and community and, and finding ways to talk with people that you wouldn't normally talk to. Because all of the best conversations in my life have happened in spaces where I'm talking to people I trust and 
and or people who I know have a different mindset than me because I'm continually learning. I'm continually mm-hmm. learning yeah. and continually continually changing and being open to the fact that you can be wrong and you can you can learn more th- new things constantly and you can have your opinions change and that having your opinions change isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I, I caution people. It's something I caution a lot of Christians on is, um, mm. is being the, isolated the con- from other people being constant, constantly like, yeah, being isolated from other people and also going into every interaction with someone who is not exactly who you are as a battle because a lot of the time that communication is very open and not necessarily always wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people, like I know people who think that I could pray away autism Uh, or that Mm -hmm. it is because I've done something wrong or my parents have done something wrong. And it's like, it's neither neither because of this man's sin nor his parents' sin. I think is yeah exactly and so it's like there's there's a lot of things that no one knows everything continue to learn Mm -hmm. yeah 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 okay cool uh do you want uh do you want me to tag your social media you can if you'd like do you want to do you want to say it really quick um it's at echo splain e-c-h-o-s-p-l-a-i-n um is that actually your last name it is and if you say it really fast, it just sounds like explain. Explain. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does sound like ex- yeah. expl- explain. Yep. Uh, th- it's funny because it, it makes me think of like, when I first read your, la- your last name, I, I thought of like mansplain. Like, yeah, that was, that's my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that was, that's, it became more ironic whenever I heard yeah. about your dad. I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, this guy's last name. Yeah. <laughs> so fitting. Yes. So, um, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, it was really wonderful talking to you. Nice talking to you. I'm glad I met you by accident yesterday. Yeah. All right. Next Saturday, guys. (sighs) Here we are at the end of the video. Since you're here, you might as well consider liking and subscribing. Always remember to keep on seeking to understand and love the people around you. I'll see you next Saturday, guys. Bye.